We're Not Dead, a story of fan survival. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I'm your host, Brittany Brombacher, and my lovely co-host is back this week. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Hi, Greg. Are you ready to admit that you didn't know what episode number it was right before you said what episode? You know, I, you know what I do, Greg? What do you do for this podcast? You just sit there and you make your smart-ass remarks, and I have to prep everything. You do. So you, you know do what? all the work. So if everybody's listening, they need to pay attention that Brittany is the only one who does anything for the show. I just show up. I, I, I nod Make in my your room. blind girl jokes. I just took off my pants because it's very hot in my bedroom. Yes. <laughs> I'm creeped out. Oh, okay. Let's introduce our other co-host. We have Bradley Frazier, a.k.a. Pike Paw, with us. Hey, hosers. How you doing? Hey, buddy. And we have Robert Kearney, a.k.a. Lido. It's Kearney, but, you know, whatever. Kearney. God damn it. <laughs> whatever Brittany says your name is is what it is, all right? You get used to it. That's right. Yeah, I hold that yeah. kind of power around here. Don't you have numbers after your name, too? Yes. It's uh, 2502. Okay. I'm sticking with Lido. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's good. Uh, first of all, Greg, where the hell have you been? People want to know. Uh, I believe the last time we recorded, I was at E3, seeing video games, and that's where I was. And the week before that, I missed as well. Is that correct? You did, because you were swamped. Yeah, I, that was right. I think I was getting ready for E3. But now E3 is over, and I'm just dealing with the fact that there's no boss at IGN, and the guy underneath him went and had a baby <laughs> and isn't at IGN. So it's totally quiet now. Hey, but you're not wearing any pants, so all's well. I know. Uh, we'll see what other articles of clothing I lose during this hot, hot San Francisco night. Pixar didn't happen, baby. <laughs> uh, so, Bradley, why don't you tell us a little about you and We're Alive and how you became addicted and all that good stuff. Okay, so my We're Alive addiction started about November 2010, I would say. Uh, so my job is boring. Like, boring as hell. I sit there, I put things into a machine, and I press a button. What do you, what's, your what's your job? What's your job? What's your job? Um... All-around gopher. I work for an engineering company, so I just, like, I, I make the components that they use to make parts. I press a button on the machine. It's so complicated. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I was listening to, so, you know, sitting there eight hours a day, I cannot listen to enough music for eight hours a day. So I was like, what are podcasts? And I'm, like, <laughs> messing around, because I would listen to, like, this radio show called Adventures in Odyssey, which is, like, a kid's show. And then I'm, like, messing around on the iTunes, and I'm like, I like zombies. So I search zombies. Then I find, like, a couple crappy podcasts, and I find We're Alive, and I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. The moment that Saul's like, he's in the way, you know, and when they run over the commander, I'm yeah. like, I'm yeah. in love. And, then, and ever since then, you've been hooked. Oh, very hooked. I go through shakes if there's, like, the two-week delay. I know. I see tweets from you, like, every Friday. You're like, where's my We're, my we're Not Dead? Me, me and Jim Gleason, man. We're, we're on that. Hey, Jim Gleason. Oh, don't kiss his ass. No, do you know it. Call him? He called me Bum Rocker. <laughs> bum Rocker. That's my new name. It's not Brahma Rocker. It's Bum Rocker. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change. Lido, why don't you tell us about you and your fantastic history? I think I started listening probably in the early double digits, like probably episode, earlier, chapter eleven or so, uh, well into the first season. Uh, oh yeah, I, I loved it. I, I I forgot how I found it. I think I was just searching through uh, Podcast Alley, and I saw it there. I actually was, I'm not going to say much, but I'm not going to take my report on that one. Can you turn your mic up a little bit? Sorry. Yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but. No, it's right, because it, it, for some reason we get the air no problem. The, the, yeah. Is he doing what I did the first two episodes where he thinks he's talking into the mic, but he's really talking into the computer? 
Because he sounds far away, but then the air sounds very close. Is that better? That's much better. All right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay! I, okay, so I started listening uh, well into the first season. All right, now pull the mic uh, away from your mouth. Oh, Jesus. It's not, uh, we're not being a jerk. We're not being, no, it's no, just no, no, I got it. Your peas are popping. You got pop, 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 pop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was listening uh, well into the first season, and I found it on a podcast alley, and I was, uh, I'm, I'm a big Zune fan, so you can go uh, kiss a dick there, Greg. Um, <laughs> I like it. Are you are you but, the one keeping them afloat? Are you the one Zune fan? Uh, I think there's a couple of us, you know. Uh, but yeah, there's a dude uh, that works in on the Zune stuff, Skip D's, and I got him to uh, plug it on his Zune Insider podcast, and I was all excited about that. So, and I got a bunch of my army buddies listening to it too. Hey, so you are a resident army expert when it comes to all things we're alive. You always post those fancy technological posts I can never understand. Yeah, I had Casey crap on uh, a big point that I had about the helicopters, and I was, thought I was onto something, and yeah, turns out it was nothing. <laughs> That's what Casey does. Yeah. Okay, you guys, what are your favorite characters? I like Skittles, actually. Oh, really you, do not, you do not like Skittles. I, I've always don't come on the show and talk shit characters. just to piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came here just to piss you off, Greg. My only purpose, but also I relate very well to Saul. We were like fifty percent in common. Fifty like, percent, huh? Like we give people nicknames and a lot, and we can go crazy and overprotective. Like his total, I'm gonna kill everyone and save Lizzie. I was, I was like, that's stupid. Wait, I do that too. I, I, ah. and I know a, I had a very long crush on a girl with blonde hair and green eyes, so I know what that's all about. <laughs> Totally relatable. Yes. But. Yes. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say Soul is my guy too. Uh, if my girlfriend wasn't in the other room, though, I'd probably say Scratch. Uh, <laughs> you like it rough, do uh, you? Okay. Actually, <laughs> the thing I like about Scratch when she goes quiet is when she's scariest. It's not when she's screaming. It's like, oh man, I'm kind of like she's gonna kill me. But she goes quiet, you're just like she's gonna tear me apart. <laughs> I I tremble. I think Vic now is my new favorite character, though. Yeah, I like Victor too. I my new of the new guys. I like Bricks. Me and Bricks all the way. As long as you don't say it's Tardis, then. Oh no, good. I'm the one who called Just him. Just making sure. I, no Tardis, I break his neck. <laughs> Add a kid. All right, well we can jump into the episode recap. Um, this is three pages long. I Jeez had there's. Louise. That's Greg a good thing. Miller. I'm not knocking it. Why do you think everything I say in the show is against you? Well, but then why would you friends. say Jeez Louise? Why do you say like update. awesome? Awesome, Brittany. You know, I love listening to you talk. And Jeez Louise. Brittany, we've already covered I love everything you do. Thanks, Greg. Well, we had a lot happening in this episode, too, so. There was a lot, yeah. It took me literally like an hour just to cover half of the episode. Yeah, Casey Whalen finally realized he's run out of time. Shit better happen in this show. Okay, 23-1, The Devil's Workshop. So the episode starts, oh, like I said before, if uh, you guys want to intervene at any moment, say anything, something I missed, please feel free to interrupt. The episode starts with Bert, Angel, Riley, and Kalani running throughout what we assume to be the Kane Hospital. They're being overrun by biters and lock themselves in something, presumably a room of sorts. Bert then begins recapping what happened and what led to that point. So did anyone kind of freak out for a second? Like maybe they downloaded the wrong yes, episode? Yes, I, I was like, crap, did I not, am I not up to date? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I accidentally I looked at the forums first and I saw the thing where it said, oh, awesome flashback. But yeah. Oh. Well, so at least you didn't jump too far ahead. I, I was totally like, I missed something here. 
So like I said, Bert begins recapping what happened. So rewind a bit. It's been a few hours since Saul left them at LAX. You can tell Bert disapproves of his actions. Everyone, Kalani, Datu, Pegs, and Victor, are still working on fixing the helicopter. Kalani hands Pegs a manual for her to study while everyone else leaves for the hospital. Victor is becoming impatient and wants to go on the mission, but Bert tells him that Michael wants Victor to stay behind and watch over Pegs and Datu. Victor thinks he'd be a better ally to have around than Riley. Kalani defends the decision to bring Riley along, as she's been there before, to scope out medicine. Kalani has heard it's a pretty dangerous place. When Bert tells Kalani not to chicken out on him, he has a classic Kalani moment. He says, hey, I'll have you know that I fought off the big one at that one place. He was running around chasing angels, all my plan, blah, blah, blah. Good old Kalani. This, the, my favorite part was Bert was actually like, blah, blah, just went blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I found myself, when I was writing the recap, I found myself writing blah, blah, blah before Bert actually said blah, blah, blah. Bert had a bunch of good lines in this one. He did. Bert it was, was good. epic. I love Bert. Mm-hmm. I think the best was where uh, uh, Datu was saying, oh, there's a hole in the hydraulic reservoir, and Bert just, oh, don't bother me with your techno mumbo jumbo. That was not techno mumbo jumbo, though. <laughs> that made sense. And I don't even know crap about helicopters. I was on the floor laughing. Line <laughs> of the show this week goes to Angel. Right after this Bert thing when he blah, blah, blahs and Angel shows up. And they're like, then Angel showed up. And there's like a screech of the tires in the car door. And Angel goes, oh, oh hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> like a 14-year-old Dennis the Menace getting out of a car. <laughs> it's in my exactly. notes. My notes here. I highlighted that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um so Bert then explains that they, being Kalani and Bert, picked up Angel and Riley at the tower. To reiterate, the, the scouts found another helicopter on the roof of the hospital. Kalani seems confident that it will fly because since it's a medevac chopper, it was probably well taken care of. While they will need a key, he says it is very likely they will find one nearby. So Angel starts questioning the mission, trying to get a feel of it so he can plan for whatever they might come across while they're there. When Bert tells Angel that he and Kalani had already talked about that sort of thing and he already has a few emergency plans, Angel has another classic Angel moment. He asks who's running the show. Oh, Bert yeah. calmly tells Yep, Bert calmly tells Angel that he figured that he, Bert, was because when he talked to Michael it sounded like Bert would be in charge. Angel says, Well maybe you got your lines crossed, maybe you were confused. Again, classic Angel moment. Angel's self esteem, it's just in the gutter, man. He's a little whiny kid. <laughs> He really is. I'm picturing Wraith having a whole bunch of butt hurt over this episode. <laughs> yeah, Angel didn't do much for Wraith's cause. At the, not good. Uh, so anyway, Bert reveals one of his plans. Not all of them have to go inside. Two would stay by the car, two would go up on the roof. Therefore, Kalani would need to choose someone to accompany him into the hospital. Naturally, he chooses his BFF Angel, who at first seems a tad reluctant to accept. Do you guys notice that too? Well, it was like, uh, like it was like, it would, how awkward that'd be in real life. Hey, you want to come with me? Right. Uh, Please take the French girl so I don't have to face death. I mean, especially if he's with Riley, you know, if he's still kind of trying to woo her, it's like, okay, you don't get a chick by acting like a pussy. I'm sorry. I guess I'll go. No, no. Angel wants to stay outside with Riley. He's like, take Bert, leave me with Riley. Maybe five. No, that was his plan. That's that's how I read it, too, that he wanted to hang out with Riley out front. Oh, okay. Well, because see, then next, Riley tells Kalani not to rule her out as she has a full quiver of arrows, but then Angel's like, I had the silence MP5 from the colony. We won't need your bow. So, I don't know. I heard that when guys don't, when guys like girls, they make fun of them and they're jerks to them, so I don't know if that applies here. I don't know if that's even true. Shut up, bomb rocker, you stupid idiot. We're allowed to interrupt with anything anytime, right? Absolutely. Brittany, I've posted a picture of me podcasting in my underwear for you. Have you really? Uh, Where's it at? On the Twitzors. (gasps) Okay, can I look at? I'm gonna look at this. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my 
I just I'm, wanted, I'm I wanted to, to prove that I was not. I'm a man of my word. That it is too hot in my bedroom. <laughs> I Greg? might open a window. It might be time to open the window. Greg, I believe you. I didn't. You don't need to post pictures. Of this. <laughs> what flavor underwear you got on? Banana. Banana. <laughs> I'd like, and I'd like to point amazing. out that our good friend, uh, Sergio, all the way from New York, his first response to that was, oh, my God, Greg, you're still using a rock band microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Very appropriate response. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, uh, let me get back to my notes. <laughs> anyway, so Riley tells Kalani to reel her out because she has all the arrows, and Angel butts in and says he has a silence MP5. At this point, I was kind of like, I feel like I was in the middle of an RPG, and it's like, choose your party. Because <laughs> they're displaying the pros and the cons of each. <laughs> Uh, I'm excited that Riley has arrows again because I was like, when she got chapter ten, got the bow and everything, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like chapter nine, but then I was like, she ran out of arrows. I'm like, oh man. I can't get over the fact that she's still walking around with a bow and arrow. Uh, the green arrow rolls with super galactic superheroes. He still uses arrows. You play wow. to your strengths. Yeah. Play to your strengths. Have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Legolas kills like everyone with uh, just arrows. Yeah, Legolas did better when he was in Blackhawk Down. Is that the guy that looks like Link? <laughs> Yes, that's a link. Okay, I've never, I haven't seen those movies, so I don't even know. Okay, really? Missing yeah, Alfred, missing really. Use Dragon Quest, not Dragon Quest, Dragon Age nerd. Why wouldn't you go see that? It's all interchangeable fantasy bullshit. I don't know. I need. I'll need. I need to Greg, see all of them. Don't don't. Bad I just said it. That's right. I call it fantasy. Uh, it's fantasy bullshit. All this stuff with you got the dragons. You got the oh, protos. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why whoa, didn't they just Greg. ride those flying things all the way to Mordor? <laughs> Because <laughs> the eagles they, they were saved busy. them at the end. Why didn't they just ride all the way there? Get it done in like they, a day. The eagles were busy drinking. I don't know. Can you? I don't even know what a more whatever you're talking about. But Mordor sure is the land of darkness. No, but what is Greg talking about riding over there? Okay, so at the end, like the eagles come and save them all because they have to go to Mordor. To okay, go to so you want to ride a giant? Greg, have you ever tried to train a giant eagle and fly it somewhere? Uh, apparently, these ones are trained and just come to save people at the last second. Why? Brittany, have you ever tried to walk and fight all these dumb spiders and stuff you got to fight on the way there? Oh, whatever. Brittany, you play WoW, right? Uh, a little. I, I haven't played in WoW. WoW. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little, I, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, too. But uh, didn't it sound like Datu was gold farming while I was trying to fix the choppa? No, I totally thought of that. It was the same sound effects in ever, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Is he, like, trying to up some gold or something? Yeah. Uh, so where are we at? Oh, yeah. Um, so Hartley changes the subject and tells them to get ready as they're almost at the hospital. It's called Kane General Hospital, and they can see it from a couple blocks away. It's described as being one of the largest and oldest in Los Angeles. From above, it's laid out like a cross. Each wing comes out of the center, and each section is at least 10 stories tall. Each subsection is a different height, giving it the appearance of steps leading to the center, which rose six stories higher than everything else. And at the very tippity-top is the chopper. Kalani seems surprised and is worried that the mission just became a lot more difficult. Angel says they have checked the police stations, air bases, the news center, and this was the only one they could find. Then it cuts to the tower. Michael tells Steven to keep an ear on the radio for Saul. Tanya asks Michael if he's heard anything and says he hasn't. Tanya seems sure that he'll return because that's what he does. Michael says if he waits much longer, there won't be anyone to return to. Tanya says if everyone goes. Michael asks if she was offering to stay behind. She then tells him not to get snippy with her and asks, bless you, and asks what they plan on doing with the suspect killer, Lewis. Michael says that if they can prove he did it, they'll leave him at the tower upon departing because it's a death sentence anyway. On another note, Tanya says that Pippin was taken outside and burned per Michael's request as he thinks if he were to just be buried, they would dig his body up. Tanya doesn't think that was necessary, as Cindy had already turned when she was dug up. 
Michael says that other people had seen them take back bodies that weren't like them before. Tanya counters by saying there's no proof they were dug up. Michael accuses her of being a resident expert. Tanya scolds him for being snippy again. Michael apologizes and admits he's stressed. Tanya asks him if he's read all the journals, all of the details of what's been going on. Michael admits he's read some of them. Tanya asked, so you haven't read all of them. Michael snaps again with, okay, so what does that mean? That pissed Tanya off, and she says she's going to go help the others take supplies to the building next door and leaves. Michael lights a cigarette and is chilling for a moment when Wait, Steven runs. Britt, you skipped my like favorite line. There. Okay, okay. I see like... where she. I see where he gets it from. Is that your line? Yes. Ah, there you go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Tanya kind of pissed me off at that moment right there. Like, she's acting like they're sitting on the front porch with some easy time mm -hmm. and just able to sit there and BS about, you know, what's in the journals. I mean, if she found something, she should have just come out You know who you need to be mad at? You need to be mad at a man called Casey Whalen because that's his, I know, his writing. I know. Yeah. I know. He was just being a cock tease with that. Yeah. But I totally agree. It was kind of like when Lizzie was trying to tell Tar Tardis and Bricks that the zombie. Do you remember that when she was in the truck with them and she was trying to spit something out, but yep. she wouldn't? Yes. Yeah. That's kind of remind me of. Um. So anyway, Tanya leaves. Michael lights a cigarette and is just chilling for a moment when Stephen runs in and tells Michael a group of twenty or so biters are heading towards the tower. Stephen oh. and Tanya were still in the parking. Stephen said Tanya was still in the parking garage. When Michael heads down there, she's nowhere in sight. Were you gonna say something, Bradley? Did yeah. My off? big question is, where's the trip wire? Because they still had it when they got back in chapter nineteen. They had to pass through the green cars. Like, where's the alarm and the trip wire and all of that? What happened to that? I think, like, in Chapter 19, they have to, at the end, they go through the green cars. So I'm assuming they still have a tripwire out there. Like, where is the alarm from that? Continuity air. Well, they might, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a bone out. They might have seen them on the camera before they got to the tripwire. Oh, yeah, because they said they were approaching the perimeter. Not that they oh, actually yes. crossed Oh, yes. Okay, I missed yet. perimeter. I missed that word. Perimeter. Yes, Not as often go. used in Canada. That's, that's a lie. Uh, so Stephen joins up with Michael in the garage, and they exit the garage, closing the gate behind them. They make their way to the other building, which will serve as a location for the second helicopter to land. Over there, they run into Kelly and others who haven't seen Tanya. Michael instructs them to get back inside and lock the door. Michael and Stephen make their way around the tower and see a group of biters, he biters heading towards the car perimeter. They are massed together and are moving as one in a way neither of them had ever seen before. In front of the group was a prominent one dragging something behind it while ensuring others didn't get too close. Steven suddenly opens fire and Michael joins. So it is Kelly from the other building. All the while, the prominent one is getting away with Tanya. Michael heads after her shooting and his second shot grazed the creature's arm, causing it to drop Tanya. Michael ran closer to it and began to aim when it turned its head to look at him. The creature was described as having long brown hair and a dirty beard. Who was it? Randy! Ah, oh, there we go. Plus one to Pikebaugh. <laughs> Greg's just chilling They needed to call this underwear. episode, Who the Fuck is Randy? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Michael shot several times, but Randy ducked behind the building. He then shifted his focus over to Tanya. Steven makes the remark that a few of them were burned. The zombies, biters, creatures, whatever. Actually, I think Steven said that. Yeah, you said, that Tanya, said Tanya's unconscious. You said Tanya. Oh, okay. No, I meant he shifted his focus to Tanya and Stephen. <laughs> Tanya's just mumbling as she gets dragged around. <laughs> Tanya was described as having a large red mark and a puppy eye on the left side of her face. Luckily, she hasn't turned. She's just unconscious. They carry her back to the tower, and as soon as they get inside, more of the zombies or whatever begin emerging from the emerging from the surrounding buildings. Tanya was handcuffed to the same bed Saul was before, and, Ma and Michael said that she had some nasty scratches on her back. 
Michael makes his way to the guard room. Steven was already inside and had radioed to the second building with instructions to hole up in the safe room. Steven says there are now 30 of them outside. He notes that the creatures are starting to take back the ones that the tower had shot, and even more are coming. Thankfully, the second building appears to be secure and not under attack. Steven tells Michael to look on the bright side. Since the creatures don't seem to be going anywhere, they just recruited a few new guards for the tower. Whoa! Did you say lol? Whoa. Oh, Greg. Uh, so then we go back to the hospital. Bert, Angel, Clonnie, and Riley are getting ready to split up when Angel suggests that Bert and Riley at least come into the lobby in case something goes wrong. When Riley says she's going to grab her bow from the vehicle, Clonnie suggests that she grabs a gun instead, you know, something more accurate. When Riley reminds Fatty that it was her <laughs> arrow that slowed the big one down in the arena, Kalani says, well, you didn't stop it. Maybe a bullet would have done better. He also gets defensive, defensive about his weight. Bert admits that Kalani is still plump compared to the rest of them and proudly declares that he's lost his Buddha belly. Riley then suggests that her abs are fabulous and Angel's interest is piqued. I want to see those abs too. It's not just Angel. Yeah, you do. They make their way into the lobby. Bert describes a lobby not resembling that of a hospital, but of a church. The entrance room had a high stone ceiling and had several paintings spanning the length of the room. There were also images of ancient healers throughout history. Angel and Kalani head off while Bert and Riley stay back. A few moments later, Angel radios in and says, So far, so good. The first few floors were bloody messes, but after that, it was pretty clean. He says that it might not take long. The famous last words. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it might not take long, really. Oh, I'll be right back. I'm just saying. Bert pulls out what I assume to be his little explosive concoction that he was working on from LAX, and Riley breaks out the alcohol. Bert tells oh, her... Oh, I, I was so upset when she did She is an alcoholic. Stop drinking. She really is. Bert tells her to put it away, and apparently Michael has also told her no more drinking, so she reluctantly puts the booze away. So, Greg, you were upset. Riley should know better. You know, the one time she got wasted... She was so heartbroken. Okay. But now she's out there. People's lives depend on her arrows shooting straight. Come on. I know, but look what she's going through. Her, like, girl crush, you know, is missing. And her girl crush Whatever. is in... She's drinking like they were together. She's drinking like her, you know, partner is going. Well, because, I mean, come on. Look at... It's a fucked up situation. She loves... This is my opinion. But she loves Lizzie. Lizzie's, like, now gone. And Lizzie loves a guy named Saul. And Saul loves Lizzie. And then there's just Riley by herself. I mean, come on, you'd be drinking too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all alone all the time. I'm fine. Look at me. I'm a rock. I'm fine. <laughs> Greg For a little TikTok there, I thought Bert was actually going to grab the bottle too, and they were both going to get sloshed. They got outside. sloshed. Oh, that, yeah, that could have. He, he loves his Shirley. Okay, and actually, I think the whole thing that he named his gun after his wife is like the sweetest thing ever. Aww. Oh, it is. please. I had a machine gun when I, I was a machine gunner on active duty, and I nicknamed or I named my machine gun Nicodemus. Um, all of my guns, except for my 9mm, are all of girl names. My 9mm is unnamed. <laughs> like, okay. Um, alright, so, as Riley and Bert are discussing... How many guns do you have? Uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering that same thing. Uh, there's Millie, Issa, and Natalia. Got it. So, do you, do you have a girlfriend, Bradley? No. Oh, okay, so when you do, are you prepared? And if he does, she will <laughs> never leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all, it's all, they're all just hunting weapons. Oh, that's cool, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, so as Riley and Bert are discussing the tower's decision to find another place to live, we hear one of them big old zombie beckoning calls. Bert radios, Bert radios to Angel, who's on the eighth floor, who also didn't hear the zombie growl. Originally, Bert tells him that he and Kalani need to head down, but quickly reconsiders and tells him that they're coming up instead. 
After Bert and Riley make their way up a few floors, they take a peek outside. They see hundreds of creatures coming from every direction, marching towards the hospital. Some are carrying dead bodies, others are carrying living, unturned humans. Two big ones walked amongst them. He said, this was no mob flailing around trying to attack blindly. This was an army. Dun, 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 dun. I should have said that in my Bert voice. You, you, do it again. Do it again. <coughs> this was no mob flailing around trying to attack blindly. This was an army. Ow. That's pretty good. That's Ow. Pretty good. <laughs> okay. My throat hurts uh, This was now. an army. That, yeah, that was really good, actually. That was really that good. Was really I, good. I've been practicing my bird voice. Get out of here. I feel like, no, that's weird. <laughs> Stop it. Do so much as good as Greg's Riley. <laughs> I've also been practicing my Riley. Go. Okay, wait. Hi, I'm Riley, and this is my uh, horrible French accent. Cause... Holy shit, dude. <laughs> hey, I'm Datu, the maintenance guy. Oh, I just sounded like an East Indian then. All right. Casey, got an, got an upcoming star right here. Casey, yeah, you can fire all the people you have now and just bring in the No, one Yeah, guy. please. Yeah, we can, I, can I, I say we part? bring B-Rad in for uh, play Steve because the whole sh- uh, Shane Salk playing Steve threw me off. I thought Angel was back at the Wait, tower. I was like, holy shit, what was Was that? Shane playing Steve? I I'm not. pretty sure he is. It's the same sounding voice, isn't it? I didn't think Did anybody else Okay, I will. Well, I for, I, honestly, yeah, at first I thought it was him too, but get on my throat really hurts. Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to check this out. Actually, if you want to hear me doing all the characters from Chapter 1, I've, made, I've recreated all of Chapter 1 on YouTube. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you hitting? No, you guys released the script, and I got bored, and I am sitting there doing all of Chapter 1. I have got, <laughs> and I just get mockery for it. So you guys are like, you're awesome. Other people are like, just... Why do you bother? F you. Oh, I think I saw that. What's your YouTube name? Um, it's Pikeball. Pikeball. It's Pikeball everywhere. Everyone on the internet, but Skype, I'm Pikeball. Steven is voiced by Eric Wargo. 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 Oh, but no, I well. thought the same thing, so you're not alone. Yeah. All right. Okay, so have you guys seen the cover art? Yes. Chapter? Yes. I love it. Yes. Yes. Greg? I glanced at it, but I didn't memorize it. Am I missing something? Is there some clue on there? There is. So it's pretty. It's a man in a suit. I can't tell if it's pinstriped or not. Paul. And it's not I'm Paul. Paul. I'm Paul. It's a very Paul. stylish suit. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm assuming he's in the hospital, but he's holding an arrow. Dun, dun, dun. It took me a while to figure out it was an arrow. At first, I'm like, what the hell? Is it, is it a pointer? Is he going to give, give us a lecture? Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be giving a PowerPoint presentation later. Yeah, yeah, his face is blacked out, and he's just wearing a blue suit. Anyway, so there's blood everywhere. So the Devil's Workshop, how would you guys interpret that? I was thinking, like, they'd find some sort of lab or some sort of lair or something, and they'd find some, like, crazy person or, you know, God, the God King zombie pimp. As oh, okay. And that he would just be, you know, have a workshop and be doing all sorts of horrible things. My idea was that the hospital is now the new arena. Now that because some of the zombies were burnt up, and a couple things I noticed is that they were bringing back unchanged people. So, right for Bert's thing, like this is an army. It's an army that's recruiting now. Exactly, well, that's what I was thinking. No, I, I agree with you. My, I was thinking that before, like when I first saw the title, before I downloaded the episode, I was like, that was my initial thought. And then the other thing I noticed too is like they were grabbing the dead bodies right away instead of like. When the t- 
tower got attacked before, they waited until the cover of darkness, and they came out the next day, and they're like, oh, all the dead bodies are gone. Mm-hmm. You're getting scarce, man. You, you got to <laughs> grab and go. Yeah. Grab and go. Yeah, the, yeah, the Maulers blew up their buffet, so they got to do something else now. Okay, yeah. I, they are pissed, I tell you. Going back to the Devil's Workshop real quick, I kind of interpreted that as maybe this is where um, th- this virus, I mean, maybe not created, but this is where some work is being done. Oh, yeah. You know, like Discover the workshop. facility or something. Right, yeah. And, you know, now that they're bringing all these, like you said before, Lita, all these bodies back here, is this where they're going to create more behemoths or more jumpers or little ones or whatever? And Steven said that a few of them were burned. Are you guys with me and assuming that was just from the arena? Yeah, it's yeah. the arena. Yeah. They, they're, that's why they're actually, we see zombies now, is the arena got blown up. So, like, well, now we're homeless and we're angry. Exactly. <laughs> Again, we can talk, touch on this a little bit more. So, why the hospital? You, you guys think it's the new arena? That's where they're heading? That's where they're going to hole up and create a bunch of zombie um, babies? The architecture, they, they have an appreciation for good architecture. It's, it's big, so they have lots of room for exactly. the zombies. I think, it's, I think it's that it's huge. They're trying to move this giant army out of the arena. The practical reason is it's huge, but I also think he, he just wants the lo- He wants that lobby, that epic lobby it sounds like a beautiful place you know you gotta you gotta get the sites you gotta get a place that looks good <laughs> oh location 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 and when you yes. mentioned architecture because Bert said that he it had been a while since he'd been there before they even got there and then when he walked in he was like well i don't think i came through this entrance if i had i would have remembered it so it kind of and he was making mention of like pictures of ancient healers so it kind of sounds like it's been revamped a little bit Almost like that's kind of where things were being created beforehand. I mean, maybe not, but maybe the zombies are interior directed <laughs> designers. Yes. Ooh, that'd be a good <laughs> plot twist. Good job, yeah, Greg. They're, they're actually just redecorating everything, the entire city. Well, I, I was kind of thinking along with what you were saying, like maybe that wing is closed off, and that's where they were doing the experiments and stuff. Right. My other thought too was the. I mean, I don't think Casey's really put it in the story so much yet. Um, but like a lot of the other zombie fiction and stuff, um, there's usually like a commentary to it, like Dawn of the Dead and stuff. They went back to the mall because that's what people did, you know, yeah, when consumerism, they were alive. Right? Yeah. 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 So maybe, you know, maybe there's like a little bit of this too. Like they go to the hospital because that's a remembered thing and they go to the, they go to the arena because they're hockey fans and. Yes. They like rioting <laughs> in Canada. Yeah, exactly. They're, everyone, hockey's the best sport ever, except for mixed martial arts. Uh, mm-hmm. is it, um, that, that's at hockey, that's at soccer on skates, right? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> There's more violence. Um, oh, wait, can I just uh, totally go off topic here? Mentioning Dawn of the Dead. I met Galen Ross last weekend. She was Francine in the original 1970s Dawn of the Dead. That is cool. Nice. Yeah, I got her autograph and everything. I got this badass picture of the four of them. Was she just walking down the street, or was it no, like a comic? It was a comic expo in Calgary, and I she was looting it then. <laughs> yeah, I also met the uh, Summer Glau and got a picture with her. Oh wow, yeah, that's really hard to do. She's on so many popular TV shows and movies. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Greg, way to be a dick. I try to feel she's good about cancer. Myself. Anything she touches immediately gets cancer. <laughs> <laughs> she's the anti Midas. <laughs> oh, I hate uh, you. Um, Adventureless Hero says, do you think the horde that arrived at the hospital could be the group that attacked the Maulers in the park ambush? I think that the bodies that are in tow are the slaves the Maulers left behind. Fair mm, enough. I also think maybe some of them are the slaves left behind, but I think some of them are the Maulers who didn't get away from the attack. Yeah. 
Oh, right. There's got to be other people in L.A. too. Oh, yeah, and, and the other people we just don't care about. Yeah. Is this how they get Lizzie back? The, the red shirts. Da-da-da. The red shirts. Da-da-da. Yeah, actually, I, did, I was debating this in my head. Is Lizzie captured by the zo- Lizzie Tardust and Bricks? Are they captured? No, I don't. I don't think so. But you would imagine if they're all, if all those zombies are fleeing the arena, you, they'd have to come across those three at some point, unless they just like bypass them, unless they escaped somehow. Yeah, you know like saying? I was thinking maybe that, like, I was kind of thinking that maybe Bert would see Lizzie and being the buddy that he is to Saul, he would be like, Lizzie, "Let me sacrifice my life for you and die." Exactly. Yeah. No, Bert he's can't going die. to die. <laughs> Bert is going <laughs> to fucking die sooner no, or later. I'm, no, you know who I'm predicting to die next. Kalani. Okay. No. Here's my theory. So you know how end of chapter, end of season one, they were like, we we're totally screwed. Like it was the ultimate. The building's on fire and the zombies are attacking. And I don't remember that direct quote. No, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> A story of survival. So I think eat season- all the green beans. <laughs> Live your life, everyone. So, so anyways, so yeah, cha- uh, season two is gonna end with similar. Well, we're fucked. So it's going to be like Claudia dies or is like incapacitated and so he can't fly the helicopter. And they're going to need like the two helicopters. Like, what are we going to do now? <laughs> okay. Tanya's going to fly it. Tanya? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be snippy with me. <laughs> be unconscious and still flying random mumblings. Yeah, maybe he doesn't die, but he gets like a hand cut off. So and he needs two hands to fly. I don't. Do you, do you need two hands to fly a helicopter, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I fly them all the time. I have no idea. No I, idea. I would you need two hands and two feet. So, or maybe he loses a foot. Okay, they can they could do yeah. it. It could happen. You have a... Oh, oh, never mind. I was going to get boring with the helicopter jargon again. <laughs> crowbar Crowbar would have been happy. And pronounce a bunch of things we don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, Kearney. Uh, Collective. Kearney. I just called you Kearney again. I'm sorry. Okay, That's so right. what purpose do you think they're taking these bodies back to the hospital? Specifically. I think it's recruiting. Mm-hmm. They're they're making more zombies. The yeah, Mullers killed so a shit ton of them, and I I think they're they replenish their ranks. I think they're doing what they did before. They're playing their game that you know they in chapter ten they had them all in the locked in that room there, and they were just you know taking them out one at a time and mm-hmm. being evil. So how are they going to create? How do you think they create these zombies though? They, maybe I think maybe we'll see that like later on in in uh, other episodes of this chapter, like. They give them like the slow turners, like maybe the slow turner turns into like a behemoth or something like. They're that. gonna have a tattoo parlor for the little ones. <laughs> they get like the little like tattoos yeah. on their hand. Yeah, yeah. perfect. I, I think that that's the whole point of this chapter is mm-hmm. to finally you figure you know, right before this, right they had the whole ground zero thing where people were getting choked out trying to just going past it. I think they're Casey's finally setting the stage for us to know more about what the zombies are and you know what's happening with them now. Right. Yeah, I'm getting a little geeked for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> It'll be good. He, no, he's going to end it, though, before we hear anything, though. It's, that's going to be the, the finale of for... And then we'll have to wait Casey. several months. You just, you know, it's like, we're going to tell you? No, I'm not. He does enough to get your panties wet, and then he's... But that's yeah. it. Exactly. You get all prepped for it, and then nothing happens. It's a boner kill. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this Randy kid. So my thought is that, because, you know... Michael mentioned Randy's name when he was getting his arm operated, when he was hallucinating or whatever. Not hallucinating, but delirious from the medicine. Yeah. I think that this Randy kid was holed up in the water place, and he saved Michael somehow. And he got turned in the process of saving him. And Michael saw him get turned, 
And so then he saw him, unless, like, him and Randy was already a zombie at the time, and he was a smart zombie and helping him out or something, which I doubt. So I think Randy was human when he met him. He saw him get turned, and then he just saw him for the first time. And he obviously had no qualms about shooting him or trying to kill him, so. Well, that was, but he shot at him before he knew it was Randy. And then when he recognized him, he also shot at him again. And then that's when he ducked behind. But it didn't sound like he oh, really yeah, yeah. pursued him. No, but who but, knows? Like, I'd well, I think if he if he knew Randy and he was turned into a zombie, then he'd be like, oh, "I'm gonna end it for you, bud." Right. Yeah, I think Michael would if even like pegs. I think he would shoot pegs. Oh, really? I I, I yeah, think he's, he's, got, he's, not, he's got nothing tied up in it. I don't think it's that how it is, but yeah, I think it's, it's it's. I think this Randy is from yeah that the period where we don't know what happened with Michael's arm and all that. Although jazz. I I had a random theory, just like the thoughts were crazy, and you know how Michael's like a compulsive liar. Seriously, he lies to everyone. Okay. <laughs> and so, no, like, you go back and, like, chapter one, he's all like, oh, my parents, but no, thank tells Kelly, my parents are dead. So he's, he's guarded, that's all. Yeah, he's guarded, and then he says, oh, I'm an only child. Like, what if he isn't an only child, and, like, Randy's this long-lost brother. brother. Oh, it's like, my name is Earl, and it's Ethan Supley that's playing Randy. Yeah, well, that's just, like, I don't think that's actually gonna happen, but that's, like, for the fanfics. <laughs> for fan- the fanfics? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, Meg Rat or Magrat, whatever says. No, Meg Rat. <laughs> Meg Rat. Tanya was grabbed. My thought it wasn't just because she was there. Perhaps Randy smelled Michael on her, and that's why he took her alive. We know they have a crazy sense of smell, and Randy is connected to Michael in some way. Just a thought. Zombie with a vendetta? I, don't, I still think he just grabbed Tanya because she was out wandering around being stupid and stubborn. Yeah, drop kicked her in the face, knocked her out, dragged her off. Um, Adventureless Hero says, as far as Randy goes, I feel comfortable spelling it with a Y, because before we're like, is Randy spelled with an I? Maybe it's a girl. Who knows? Mm. Maybe maybe it's a bearded woman. Maybe a bearded woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's how Michael likes his ladies. Okay. (laughs) Um, Since Michael described him as having a beard, considering that Michael was only at the water pumping station for about a day, I'm going to assume that he has known Randy previous to the zombie outbreak. Otherwise, I cannot picture Michael growing an emotional attachment to someone he only knew for a day. Unless Randy sacrificed himself to ensure Michael's survival. Uh, okay, so this was a point brought up by Hardcore. So Kelly started shooting at the zombie group when Michael and Steven were out there. Hardcore says, on the who's the rat front, did anyone else notice Michael sounded a little surprised when Kelly was shooting at the biters? Almost like he didn't expect her to have a gun. It sounded like she had a handgun, like a silenced pistol minus the suppressor. Dunno, something to mull over. I'm still voting Riley for the rat, but I'm scrutinizing everything she and Kelly does from here on out. That's a stretch. I mean... It, it did. Sound, he did sound surprised when she. Well, yeah. I think, he, I think he was surprised that Kelly came busting out like Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. I, I'm, I'm with Lito on this. Like, I think mm-hmm. if you're in the other building, you have a gun. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. honestly, I think Tanya was stupid to not have a gun. Yeah. I, it's just the way he said Kelly. I mean, I kind of thought that too before I saw this. He was like Kelly. Like, oh, you're shooting with it. But I don't know what it would sound oh, like. Stephen had his little redemption in this episode. Well, I call it half redemption. I still don't like him, but I did like what it was. Yeah, fuck Steve. Yeah, I like Steve, and he kind of represents the the average um, resident, if you yeah. will. The the bees ball. I'm, I'm still going tower. with this. Steve is the rat. Really? No. Yeah. That's yeah. lame. Although I like Steve had, a, <laughs> Steve had a really good line this episode. I'm on guard duty. I'm guarding. Did anyone else think of Team America when he said that? No, I I heard I heard I'm down here because I want to know what's going on so I can. Tell 
tell the right. No, I like I. Oh. <laughs> so no, like when he said I'm I'm on guard duty, I'm guarding. I thought of, like Team America when they're like regards, regarding. Nope. Yeah, you're alone on that one. Uh, mate, that's interesting. So you really think that he's the rat? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still going with my Steve's a rat thing. And that that was I'm I'm sorry. The other thing too, he was uh talking about the the zombies or the the biters. Sorry. And uh, what were, what the fuck do we call these things anymore? Biters, the creatures. I, I'm, I call them zeds. Well, the 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 biters around the tower are the guards, meaning that Steve doesn't see the you know quote unquote threat being the zom or the zombies or biters or whatever. It's the maulers. So, and that's I think that he's leaning towards it them being the threat because he knows what's coming next. Oh, uh, so you think Steve is now on the tower side, though? Uh, no, no, no. I I think he knows what's going to happen, and you know, kind of let it slip just a hair. You know, with the whole uh, you got more guards. Casey's probably going to change his script right now. Right now, he's like, damn it, he's damn right. Damn it, they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Must rewrite everything. Uh, here's a final theory from Don Mann. It says, the way Bert was narrating it, I think he is explaining himself to the Maulers. I didn't I didn't see that. I just thought Bert's, like, put a comedy spit on it a bit. Actually, I think it was because Bert, when Bert gets stressed, Bert makes jokes. Saul does the same thing. They're both like, holy crap, we're going to die. Time for the one-liners. Well, he was acting when he was writing in the journal. He had a different tone. He was sarcastic and just had a case of the ass the whole time. A case of the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a good one. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, he's got he's he's got a um, he, he sounds more conversational right now rather than you know like he's writing and being a dick. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Cool. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to say about this episode before we move on? Well, oh yeah. Uh, Nick Voodoo, actually, on the forums pointed out something interesting. You remember in Chapter 17 how... Of course that Nick did. Yeah, whatever. Uh, although, when I saw pictures of him, like, that's not Nick Voodoo. He looks nothing like that. Like, I stalked his Twitter account. So, anyways, he, was, <laughs> he noted that the behemoths were, like, you know, all up in the army, right? When Skittles was all, like, you know, the regular ones... Skittles! I actually do like... <laughs> not just to mess with you. I like... Uh, I like trying to decipher what he says. Um, so he's all, you know, the regular ones don't come around with the behemoths because they get eaten. And then, so Nick was just like, Skittles is wrong. But I'm thinking like, what if, you know, the one with the markings is such a force of personality. He's such a good commander that he can be like, you know what? Behemoths, no, no eating the living zombies. And you regular zombies, stop being pussies and, you know, come be in my army. He's ordering them around in zombie talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of like that. I like that theory. Did you did you enter our zombie growl contest? By the no, way, Bradley? no, I did not. Okay, I was just wondering. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know what, Brad? I'm going to come up on your case too. I like Skittles, and I'm not saying that. Oh to piss my off. god, no. what is wrong with you but, people? Well, here's here's the thing. I think he's got like time for Wapner. Time for Wapner. <laughs> <laughs> no shoes. Gotta go. Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love him. I'm thinking he was normal prior to the zombie outbreak. Yeah. I think he's got like a mad case of PTSD right That's now. That's exactly what I'm and thinking. He's, yeah, he's got a problem connecting, but he is a survivor. You know, if he's got, you know, if he's, you know, three steps away from Rain Man, you know, he's not going to be running the streets like he is right now. So is Skittles going to come with them to Fort Irwin? No. Well, uh, no, no, wait, no. They can't just... Skittle, no, he'll I think them. Skittles is going to help Saul. I, and, you know, he's going to help Saul find Lizzie. Although, okay, you ever watch Pokemon? Yes. You know, you know how Jigglypuff would always <laughs> follow them around? 
like every like dozen episodes, Jigglypuff would just show up out of nowhere. That's what I think Skittles is gonna do. Okay, the thing is, you you imagine Skittles is a big guy, right? Yes. I don't. No, I, see him I, like I, I get him like a scrawny guy. He's like a small guy. I see him like a rat. Like he can fit into corners and through tight spaces. That's how he lives. I like you, Lido. We think the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys will start your own Skittles fan podcast then. Damn it. Well, I'm not saying I'm a fan. <laughs> I'll start a Victor podcast. That's okay. <laughs> Victor, yeah, he's cool. Uh, okay, so we have some We're Alive news. Um, so We're Alive won the Silver Ogle Award. Don't ask me what that is, but it's cool. So yay. Yay. Awesome. Yay. Congratulations, yay. We're Alive. Yay. Um, Casey and Shane will have a booth at San Diego Comic Con. Their booth. Yay. yay. Their booth is. So far one- away from me. I know. It's sad. Um, their booth number is 1035, which will likely be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, KC will probably only be there one of the days, but there are more details to come. And starting July 1st, you'll be able to download or order the entire remastered first season of We're Alive through iTunes, Amazon, etc. Soon. Soon. Yeah, that's sorry, Lena. Soon. <laughs> most, most importantly, Zoom. <laughs> For your two users. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what. We're Not Dead got on uh, Zoom before it did uh, that other fruity company. The one with the yeah. apples? <laughs> <laughs> I like apples. No. Is that an apple or is it a pear? It's apples. Uh, apples are the best fruit. Really? Really? We got on Zoom first? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, Greg, you have to like Zoom a little bit now. I'm sorry, but you have to. No, it's it's easy when there's just one person. Like, hey, they just called them. They just called them and said, hey, we got a new podcast. You interested in this? We can push it to your Zoom right now. Please send us money. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, and on a final note, we have received a few, I don't know, I think this is like a movement some people putting together. We've gotten emails requesting an official We're Not Dead drink. I think it's kind of like, you know, Greg, you guys have, I don't know what you guys have, Floridora for GameScoop. Yeah, Floridora for GameScoop and now the rum job for... Uh, Wait, rum boots. job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want that now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, yeah, so I guess if you guys have any ideas, I don't know how this works. I don't know how you adopt a drink. I think it just happens, but... It's got to be something zombie related. It, it, right. It's got to be something so, zombie related. So something like green, I think. Green. That's good. Yeah, if it can look like blood. What's it? Like or red, I guess. Nick yeah. Nick Voodoo sent a recipe. I think it's like called the Girl Scout mint cookie. I mean, it sounds good, but I don't <laughs> oh, know. Oh no, that's I think a... I've had that. That is no. delicious. Oh, wait, wait, no. That could be dangerous. Fire. Prairie fire. Uh, it's a rite of passage up here in Alberta. It's uh, tequila and Tabasco sauce. Oh no, no way. <laughs> and maple syrup. No, <laughs> maple syrup awesome. No dizzy maple syrup. But no, there's no maple syrup. <laughs> you gotta get the maple syrup from East Canada. That's that stuff's just like it's a drug. That's all. That's that's what I've heard. In exciting news, we have a fan script. It is called not mine. An, it's not yours. Sorry. It is called an itch to scratch. Um, it get is, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's written by Graham, aka Ban Villain. And I'm supposed to preface this with the following. Okay, stop breathing so goddamn hard on your mic. I'm going to come through Skype and kill each of you. <laughs> oh, fuck. Who's breathing hard? Somebody. I don't know. I'm not. Everyone needs to be aware of their breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stop breathing. I don't think it's me, but I'll stop breathing. Oh, God. Okay. Um. So I'm supposed to preface the script with this. Although I've long suspected Kelly of being the rat and the shooter, I'm sticking to my guns on that theory. The recent We're Not Dead discussion with Adrian HD on evidence that Riley Adrian could be the HD. rat. Oh, I promise <laughs> to give him a shout out. 
Okay, there you go. Uh, could be the rat and shooter had me really bothered by what Riley's possible motivation to betray the tower could be. This is a long sentence. And then just let my imagination loose. The We're Not Dead community has all but proven Riley's preference for women. <laughs> and I know I'm not alone in supporting a Riley and Scratch relationship. Here's my speculation on how a first meeting between the two star-crossed lovers may have gone down and it has a recent return of everyone's favorite dead mauler latch. We have, well, we have three characters, so I can step back if you guys want to act this out. So we have Riley, Scratch, and Latch. So let's delegate roles here. Hey, Pop. Whoa. I'm willing to play a girl. Who is breathing into their mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader? I don't know. Okay. Um, Fucking haunted podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, pretty Greg. much. Uh, who who's playing Riley? Pike Paul has to. He does a great Riley impression. Okay. I, I, I will play Riley. I said there it is. Best. There it is. That's good. Okay. So we need a scratch. This person has to yell. Great. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. And then Lido, you are Latch. I'm Latch. So this is called An Itch to Scratch, a fan fiction by a band villain inspired by characters of We're Alive created by Casey Wayland. Riley, take it away. It was dark and stuffy in the back of the car. Where my <laughs> Sorry, someone me. is like dying into their microphone. It's not me. It's not Pike Paw. It's not Brittany. So I think we know who it is. Mike, away from your face, Leto. What happened? <laughs> I'm sorry. I got headphones and a mic. It's, uh, it's all crazy. Now, Brittany, are you doing the narrator part? There's the no, there's no narration. I for see this it one. right now—a bracket part between, after Scratch's second line, there's a bracket part. Don't, don't fuck. This oh, up there first. is. Okay, yes, I am. I am uh, Michael Swan. Okay. I am Michael Swan. Okay. It was dark and stuffy in the back of the car where my attacker had put me. My hands had gone numb from the way I was lying, but there was no room to move. I should have never separated myself from the others on my supply team, but those things began following us. We all had to get out of there fast, and that's when he grabbed me. Now, I don't know where I am, or even how long I have been in here, but when the car finally stopped, I was afraid I was going to be left in there. And then I heard their voices. You got her tied up in there. Sure do. Must use half a roll of duct tape. <laughs> I forgot how that sounded. <laughs> that was good. Well, you've better done a proper job of it because I don't want to deal with a flailing bitch when I open this thing. Drunk opens and Riley gives a frightened gasp. Oh, oh. The afternoon sun was still high in the sky and the two stood over me with their faces were cast in shadows. Well, well, well. Look at this PYT. Let me go! Can't do that. Not after all the trouble we went through to get here. Bring it inside! <laughs> <laughs> Please, you, you don't have to do this. I have nothing you want. We'll see about that. No. Hit Slatch. <laughs> Shit. Cox's his pistol. You really don't want to do that. He tightened his grip on my arm as the end of his gun pushed hard against my cheek. Enough to bruise my soft skin. Move it, bro, or I'll hit you myself. I got her back. And I bet you're real proud. Sit her down. I sat in silence as the woman stood staring down at the, t down at the table, long hair veiling her face from sight. Then I saw what she was staring at. My things! This is it? Everything she had on her, except for her gun, of course. All right. You did good. Go radio him. Are you sure that's a good idea? She's feisty. I can hold on to a girl better than you. Just go. I'll be outside. 
exit. What are you going to do with me? Cigarettes, lighter. Unscrew's cap. <laughs> Cheap vodka. This is interesting. No field kit. It's complete without a culinary blade, huh? She walked around the table, brandishing the blade of my nine-inch chopping knife. As she came to my side, the dark red scar on her face came into view. I didn't realize I was staring until she began to run the sharp steel softly over my bruised cheek. Don't feel like talking, huh? Let's try an easier one. What's your name? Pigs. What? Pigs? Yes. We. Well, pigs, you don't sound like you're from around here. So where'd you come from? I might ask you the same question. Scratch delivers a sharp slap across the tender cheek. Ah! You're not playing the game. I ask the questions, you answer them. Got it! Yeah, 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 yes! So what's the blonde boy up to these days? Angel, I believe his name was. Keeping us safe from people like you! Ah, so you do know him. Then you know about that building of his. You tricked me. Oh, don't be like that, beautiful. You just made it easy on yourself. Unless you wanted me to get rough. Lights up a smoke. You're so tense. Do these help you relax? The glow of the ember highlighted the redness of a scar as she grabbed my chin with a strong grip and brought her face close to mine. Though the heat of the cigarette was blistering, I could still feel something else between us, as brilliant and fleeting as lightning. Just then, she took a long drag and blowed the smoke into my open mouth. <laughs> Though I don't know why, oh. I really <laughs> took it all in. You're a long way from home, pigs. But there's no need to be afraid. I sense that you and I, we understand each other more than our friends ever could. Could I have another? Of course. What was I thinking, teasing you like that? You can have this one! <laughs> <laughs> Taking the lit fag, she placed it carefully between my craving lips. Oh my the God. taste of her still on it. We have to stick together. Women, I mean. And watch out for each other. Not a single one in my group, and that makes things very frustrating! We can help each other in a lot of ways. Riley. What was that? My name isn't Pegs. It's Riley Lefavre. Pause. <laughs> Calmly rounding the t chair and stopping behind me, I could feel cool breath on my skin as she whispered into my ear. Whisper. Well, it's a real pleasure to meet you, Riley. They call me Scratch. Cuts the duct tape. Handcuffs. Thank you. So what did you mean by when you said we could help each other? Right now, I could use someone to talk to. But then, we'll see where things go. All right. Knocking back a swig from the flask. Drink! End. Wow. Hold good, on. good job, guys. That was... I want, I want the next chapter. Damn, me too. I'm getting a little hot and bothered over here. I feel dirty. <laughs> I feel oh. like I've just made word love to Greg Miller. Oh, you have. <laughs> Your life will never be the I, same, bro. Oh, yeah, You've this is made my first... word love with me and anyone else I've ever made word love with. <laughs> oh, great. I'm going to catch something. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. And this is my first podcast, too. Oh, man. Oh, man. He's just taking it rough, isn't he? Yep. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Graham, please send us the second part of that. We we would like to see what happens and what happened. Yeah, wouldn't we? Yeah. I think so. 
My my fake is not as dirty as this one. Oh, well, that's a disappointment. Revamp it. <laughs> uh, I'll work on it. I, I made it very quickly. Uh, okay, so also we have bloopers. I haven't listened to any of them yet, so you guys have to tell me what one you want to listen to. We have three to choose from. The first one is of these are the descriptions I got from Shane, so if they suck, blame him. Gotcha. The first one is of people goofing around. The second one is when Kalani is teaching pigs the chopper controls. There are people cleaning the back of the chopper. We asked them to do an improv scene so we could use it. This is what they came up with. Number three, Jim Gleason messes up. You get to listen to them all, right? I'll do one this week, one next week, one da da. I vote improv. The improv yeah, sounds I vote improv yeah. too. Of course, improv. no one wants to listen to Jim Gleason mess up. Apparently, it's I'm the only one. Because it doesn't happen. You'd play it, and it would just be dead air. Because Jim Gleason does not make mistakes. Oh my God, Greg! Lies. You had that far up his ass. Brittany, the other day I went to the Olive Garden to buy some breadsticks, <laughs> and they told me I was like, I know Jim Gleason. He was the dad in that ad. They're like, Oh man, you know that he had no lines, and he turned it into a 30-minute Olive Garden commercial. And I was like, That's amazing. Like it was all in one take. The damn kids had to grab the soup three times, but Jim Gleason knocked it out of. The- <laughs> was that him actually talking? He said something. He's like, oh, yeah, or something. I don't even know what he said. I'm not sure if that was his voice or not. I think it was. It sounded like Michael Cross eating at the Olive Garden, so well, I assumed it was Adrian him. HD did the, made the, put the longer video where he's like with the, his fake wife there. Oh, talking. yeah, they go to like their house. They're like talking yeah, about they're the not, freaking Olive Garden. The people from the Olive Garden will follow you home. <laughs> Apparently, there's been some issues with these because whenever someone posts it, it goes private. That's why, Greg, you couldn't find it that one time on the Facebook gotcha, page. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe Jim's taking him down because he's a little <laughs> insecure about his acting. No way. No way. Oh, no. He, he he eats pasta in that thing like he's really eating pasta. Like yeah. He's and he's, he pays the bill, too. And that's how you know he's the dad. <laughs> Jim Gleason's the only old person I like. I don't wow. like old people. Well, thanks for making him feel old. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> that's what Jim Gleason wanted to hear. <laughs> he already has a complex because he's playing like a 20-something-year-old <laughs> character. Come on, Bradley. Exactly. He's, young, he's young at heart. Oh, that, that. There you go. How old is too old, Bradley? Uh, 30. How old are you, Bradley? 19. Okay. Damn. Yeah, I'm 35. Yeah, yeah, what, do you, what do you think about 23, Bradley? <laughs> yeah. <I'm>, okay, <laughs> never mind. I don't know how to respond to all this. Whatever. I, uh, I'm just kidding. It's okay. You'd just never be on this podcast again. Oh, oh no. <laughs> No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. You're a first. You're a first foreign listener, by the way. If that makes yeah. you feel better. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, that's right. Rural Canada. Okay. Um. So, if you guys have anything else you want to say, if not, I'll wrap this bad boy up. Send in your fan fiction to We're Not Dead Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and rate us on iTunes, please. And follow you at Twitter. Oh yeah, we have we have Twitters too. WND Podcast because some bastard took We're Not Dead already. Did you ask? Did you ask him if we can have it yet? No. That's that's a big trend nowadays. Hold on, let me check it. We're not Take care of it, Greg. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you kidding me? What? We can get this from this kid. <laughs> oh, did you find the person that has it? Yeah, we're not dead. Is Jake Cox? His name is Jake Cox. Oh, that's C-O- unfortunate. Yeah, that's well, unfortunate. Just go to We're Not Dead, everybody. This is how it works. We did it on Game Scoop. We got Scott Lowe his thing. The guy, the, he has one tweet. He's following one person, and he has three followers. We should be able to convince him to give it up. Oh, his last tweet was April nineteenth, two thousand ten. Yeah, we. I'm gonna. We're gonna. We'll get. We'll get a letter writing campaign going here. Okay. Not, don't be mean. Don't be mean about it. Don't be mean about it. Just say, hey, we would like your name. Yes. So please do that, and we'll love you forever. So thank you, Lido. Thank you, Bradley, for coming Woo! on. Thank you. It was a blast, and I think this is our longest episode to date. Where no, 
your longest episode. Oh, no, episode. no, no, no. I thought it said an hour, 30 minutes. This is an hour, three minutes. Just kidding. Actually, Sorry. your longest episode, your best episode, um, episode 14. Wow. Some very good episodes are 8, 9, 10, and 11. They all have this one aspect in common. You talk about this really cool person. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. I was going to call you our super fan, but I don't know. Now you're, I think you're just a fan of yourself. <laughs> no. Uh, I, you're super, I've been listening since day one. Actually, you know episode one that everyone hated? <laughs> that was Greg's fault. No, it was your fault, actually. When Greg's talking about the cologne, I still go back and listen to that. When Greg's all like, I throw the cologne and get away. How many, how many people have you guys gotten to get to listen to We're Alive? I think it was pretty interesting. Like, Crowbar had a, a blog that he was talking about recruiting people to listen to We're Alive. And I was just wondering how other people got people to listen to. I just tell people it's about zombies, and they're usually good to go. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> zombies, go. I'm the regional zombie expert where I'm from, so they they call me that, actually. Don't get snoopy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we, were having our, uh, we were having our summer training thing for the Army, and I ended up getting probably about four or five people to listen to it on their PSPs. And this was during their uh, the break, and I was sitting there fiending for it. Then we were all sitting around my uh, phone listening to the new episodes coming up because we had a little three-week training deal. And every you know now I got like probably actually a lot more people listening now in the Army. But they love the accuracy that Casey has for it and everything. The, uh, you know, people reload their weapons, you know. <laughs> it's the official podcast for the Army. I think life. so. <laughs> well, you got Crowbar. Well, he's Air Force, but, you know, I won't hold that against him. All right, so for Bradley, for yep. Lido, and for Greg, thank you for listening, and we're out. Done. Hey, Bert, you mind getting your ass out of my face? Hey, easy does it there. Hey, you want me to give you a hand? Look, I found this over here. Can, can you no, guys no, just no, get no, back to work? Nasty. Oh, God. Look at that thing, huh? This is too much work here. <laughs> oh, what a pussy. Pass that cleanser over. Did you say pussy? <laughs> it's not allowed. Call it as I see it. Okay. You Come on, you wimp. Just get to work. Come on, cabron. Let's get to work. Huh? Give it the old heave oh. Come on, Eric. Yeah. Boy. Oh, this is a this is a hard metal. This is a hard to uh, screw. Wow. This is rusted. It's about the only screw, and you'll see there, Wimpy hey, Boy. Hey, okay. Maybe Samantha's not around, but I'm still, okay? Yeah, you got a I hope. get some. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's your last hope. Oh, uh, oh. oh yeah. you want to talk about hope? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You put them up. You put up your dukes. Oh, yeah. You don't want to see my dukes. Victor, get my back, amigo. Right. I will take this chainsaw and let it out. Five dollars on the old guy. Yeah, that's right. Wait, what? You don't even want to see my dukes. Flew out of John Wayne a few times. Is that what you call your... Your peanut, huh? Uh, Duke? I'll tell you. It's more like a cashew. It's gonna cash you in. Beach of viejas, yeah! Ooh. He's from the hood. He's, <laughs> he's gonna get out his gawk. He's gonna gawk us. <laughs> Johnny, get your gut. Come on, get back to scrubbing. Yeah, we got get a back lot of to scrubbing. To Come on. Huh? Or Home Depot, wherever. For a fellow on my ass out of his face, he okay. certainly ain't scrubbing anything. Get your hands out of your pants and get scrubbing. Come on. Scrub it, amigo. Put the Windex. 
Mr. To the ground and scrub it, please. Ay, ay, ay. I'm Mr. About to Bubble get in the tubble gets you squeaky clean, Mr. Bubble. I'm Mr. Bubble. <laughs> <laughs>